The following podcast contains uncensored coarse language. Listeners are advised that some of the following content may not be appropriate for those under 15 years of age. Hello everybody and welcome to the Cinema Catch-Up Club, the podcast for films that you probably should have seen by now. I'm your host Stephen Platt, thank you very much. For downloading this week's episode and this week we're going back 25 years in time that's right it's 1996 we're at the cinema and train spotting has just come out so Choo-choo. yep uh, not that kind of train i've ah. been informed uh, <laughs> uh, joining me as always we have someone who has seen the film and someone who has not our guest who has not seen the film it is jason doley hey how are you Stephen? i'm great jason uh how are you doing yeah, good. Very good. Very good. Excellent. And uh, just for the the keen-eyed, uh, I was said keen-eyed, and I meant keen-eared. Yeah, the keen-eared listener. Yep. Uh, we might hear the pitter patter of tiny feet in the background, but it's, yes, you've not had children. You've no. had kittens. Yes, I have had kittens. Yes. Um, yeah, they are running around at the moment. They're full of beans because they're seven weeks old. Excellent. So yeah, if you hear any rustling or scratching or get out of there, that's yeah. what that is. Um, train spotting. <laughs> yes, train spotting. You have not seen this. Film. No, I have not. So what do you know about it? Um, I know it's it's, it's Scottish drugs. Mm-hmm. It's about the end of it. I'm getting some nods from the person you haven't introduced yet. Yes. Um, I know it's that. I know it's like you McGregor, Johnny Lee Miller, and one of my favorite actors, Robert Carlyle. Mm-hmm. So I'm just looking for that. And Danny Boyle as well is the director. Mm-hmm. And I love Danny Boyle. Yes. I think I'm one of the few people that really, really loved Sunshine. So, oh. Yes. Okay. Cool. So, um, yeah, no, I'm looking forward to it. I okay. yeah, don't know too much about it. I know there was a sequel recently, which mm-hmm. nobody said anything bad about, but nobody really talked about. Mm. They so, were like, that was a thing. That, that, was, that, that happened. It was yes. there. Excellent. It was, yeah. And uh, just before we move on, um, where does Robert Carlyle fit on your oh, my best Billy, actor? Yeah, yeah. On your with, Billy Zane. My uh, Billy Zane, yeah. Does he beat Billy? Oh, for a, I, I like Billy Zane like more emotionally, but like you know, he's not he's not the actor that Robert Carlyle is. Right, I would say. So, so Robert Carlyle may be a better actor, but, but Billy Zane is yeah. more of a meme. You're, you're yeah, more of a yeah. Like I think I've got a more thing for that when. If I ever get to choose, we're watching The Phantom. Okay, yeah. yeah. You're, you're insane for the Billy Zane. I am insane for the Billy Zane. Excellent. Joining us as a guest who has seen the film, and I don't know her feelings on Billy Zane, it is <laughs> Tegan Mulvaney. Hello. I just in heaven watching these kittens. This is the best day of my Should life. Have one of the kittens And Billy I've had Zane. a child. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so you've seen Train Spotting. Yeah. Um, in a vague, non spoilery sort of way, for people like myself and Jason who haven't seen the film, mm. uh, what what can we expect? It's very gritty. It's very funny. Um, oh, if if Robert Carlyle is your favourite actor and you haven't seen this film, you're going to just lose your mind I've been, over I've him. I've been waiting a long time. I've turned I've turned other people who wanted to watch it down because I thought Stephen might do it at one point. It's mm-hmm. one of the most terrifying performances I think by a short little man because he's not a big man <laughs> no no he's literally Rumpelstiltskin yeah but like he's terrifying in it it's so great on the Joe Pesci scale of short terrifying actors uh, where, where, where's this one then? well he's not quite Pesci but mm. give him a run for his money okay he's, he's the UK's Pesci UK Pesci UK Excellent. Pesci um, <laughs> Scottish Pesci I it's, it's, it's very 90s um, and I think it has I don't know. I guess I, I'm really excited. I haven't watched it for quite a few years, but I'm very excited to watch it now because I've had a few more insights into the Scottish drug scene and how big heroin heroin was mm. um, through people I've known in more recent years mm-hmm. and their experiences with it. Mm-hmm. So I can't wait to kind of see it with that background now and mm. like because it's apparently it's such a it still is such a massive, massive problem right. in Scotland. Heroin has just been like the scourge of, of Scottish life. And there's kittens running everywhere. And it's really hard to talk seriously because they're so cute. <laughs> okay. Well, with all that being said, uh, shall we grab a kitten each and watch Train Spotting? Yes, yes please. Sure. Okay. And I don't think you realise how. 
How exciting is this that there's kittens for this film? Because oh, I'm are we going to need them? We're going. You're going to want to cuddle them. Okay. <laughs> closely. Okay. Uh, for those of you who are listening at home, uh, pop in those DVDs, load up those streaming services, and prepare to see the worst toilet in the whole world as we watch <laughs> Train Spotting. Welcome back, everybody. We have just finished watching Train Spotting. By we, I of course mean Tegan Mulvaney. Hi. And Jason Dolly. Hello. Jason, that was your first time watching Train Spotting. What did you think? I quite liked it. Mm. I um, I, I felt like it was it. It's not too long, but it felt very long watching it. Like, there's a lot mm. packed in there where it is like you're not following a story. Well, you're following one person's story, but it's not just. And this is the event that happened. Mm. It is more like there's a lot of things that go on because like you go through them first getting out of um, trying to get out and then falling back and getting out and falling. Like there's like a bunch, like it's a almost a roller coaster. Mm. I mean, that's a really dumb way of describing a movie, but we all do it in a lot of ways. But yeah. it is kind of the ups and the downs. And I quite enjoyed that part of it. And I think yeah, it was all well acted, well everything. Yeah, mm. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, it. It's a it's a ninety three minute film on the on the runtime that we had, but it, it did feel longer, mm. but not in a bad way. Like it it really felt like it felt it, like a lot, maybe more than longer. Yeah, it, it really felt like that that effect of the way they distorted time, which they had right from the beginning, mm. really sort of affected me as a, as a viewer, I suppose, and how I was viewing um, the sequence of events because the the film takes place over more than a year it seems yeah. to be um but it's you it is i don't know if enjoyable is the right word no to, no, but, no. But, but it's it's like i didn't have a bad time watching it but I, I but you also didn't have a great time yeah i wasn't like oh what a lovable bunch of characters yeah yeah everybody's horrible things are horrible and it does the film does do horrible things that mm. makes you just go, oh, yeah. No, I'm that like I can't have this be fun. Like we were talking <laughs> about Snatch earlier. Like that, at least, while it might have like you know violence and so on, it's mm. funny. Like this is, you know, dead babies and abandoned kittens. Mm. But the humor is there. It's but it's the bleakest it's humor so bleak. you can yeah. find. And we, you know, it's the bleakest fun time you can ever have. They're yeah. my favorite kinds of films. Yeah. I love films. I love where there's everyone is reprehensible in some form or another mm. i think kittens great um when you're talking about like the time thing mm. it's i think it's pr- arguably one of the most successful novel to films mm. with regards to time like yeah they 93 minutes to put a whole novel into it yeah. and do it successfully that's really slick directing editing script writing that's wonderful yeah that they've been able to do that yeah so when did you first see this film tegan i first saw this film when i was about six, 15, 16. right okay because i was a massive ewan mcgregor like fangirl like right. i flooded my basement for ewan mcgregor okay all through Graphic high beacon. school and well Followed in a toilet because it was so easy to find films with his wang out as well through uh, through yeah, high school his penis is out through the entire 90s mm. there's velvet Goldmine. Yep. there's the scarlet letter i think he's mm. in that one there's phantom menace there's, there's that one. <laughs> yeah, just under that there's nothing on under that robe yeah um just like she's not wrong yeah. um and this film there's like there was Wang, and then there was romance as well. When you got to Moulin Rouge, and he was, and like mm. he was just, he was, yeah. I just loved him mm. heaps and heaps. And a lot of the films he's in, like the gritty '90s indie films, like we talked about, Shallow Grave mm. and things. They're all a bit, a bit grungy. Mm. Um, and so yeah, and I, I just loved, 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 loved him, mm. which was kind of cool because then I got exposed to him exposure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> To his penis, mm. and also to wonderful, wonderful films of that time too, because he picks his films so well. Mm. Yes, uh, it's really, 
interesting watching this having watched beginners so recently for this podcast <laughs> which um was maybe not a wonderful choice uh but but he's really good in that even though that film is not great he, yeah. he does really well in that but then he and then he did um like it just feels like little voice which mm. is one of my favorite films ever which is with jane horrocks and he's this quiet beautiful reserve so in between velvet goldmine when he's playing an iggy pop character mm. And this film where he's a Scottish heroin addict, he then plays this, like, delightful, not very smart electrician who falls mm. in love with Jane Horrocks. Like, he's so good at all mm. these little... Oh, he was just... He mm. was just the best. And in this, as, as Renton, um, he he is the best of a very, very good group of Incredible. actors. Incredible, mm. yeah. Like, like obviously, we've, we've spoken about Robert Carlyle before, but Robert Carlyle in this is... is is pretty sensational, Jason. Yeah, I'm not. I don't come from a very British background, mm-hmm. so the concept of what a Begbie is, I think more British people get. Stephen was yep. talking about how he knows enough, and I know so many people will mention that there's always a. That everybody knows a Begbie. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't. Okay, maybe I know a couple, but not as men, not as much as you'd think. Yeah. So it is it. Yeah, like I, like you were saying about ah. Uh, I think they've got a few, maybe a few uncles, distant uncles like that. that I think I do too. I have the Mulvaney family were uh, were well known (laughs) for being rat bags. Mm. Uh, Later on, they're all old and sweet now, but they they had a name for themselves all through Nottingham. So they, you know, like it. Not doing that stuff, (laughs) but but you know, but just that fiery nature. There's something in that look in those eyes where you go, oh, I I've seen that look. Yeah. Maybe very, not from the yeah. family, but from you. Yeah, at the very least, I know, I can tell he was using something. And yeah. it was something very real. Well, it's really interesting because obviously I grew up in England in the 90s. Now, I didn't grow up in a crack den. So I can't speak to <laughs> to, to all the, the sort of crack paraphernalia and no. things they had there. But that the scenes where they were in pubs yeah. or in like public spaces yeah. felt very... Uh, reminiscent. I mean, obviously, it was an indie film. It was capturing so much of that moment and those particular things mm. um, in its design um, and in its look. Where I was flashing back to being a kid and going, if if I went back to the UK now, and I've been back in the last couple of years, I haven't seen that many people like Begbie. Uh, mm. Maybe the odd spud here and there, but that, yeah. that's <laughs> about it. Like it's it's not. It, it does feel as though things have changed a little bit in the way this film says things change. Yeah. But then again, I've also not been going around... Like, I, I haven't been to Scotland for a long time mm. and I haven't been going to the bits of Scotland where this film was taking place and it might be that those places are exactly the same, but it, it, there was something weirdly almost nostalgic about this horrific uh, exploration of uh, heroin addiction. I think that's important to a film like this. Like, there has to be something that draws you in... There has to be some sort of beauty or mm. nostalgia that draws you into that when you're talking about such a horrific mm. thing and such horrific characters and character choices. Not necessarily, you know, like they're all they they've all been affected by by the life that they've chosen. Hence, mm. hence that first big spiel. Yeah, uh, but it's wonderful as yeah. well. And oh. I think the thing that is really great about this is um is is danny boyle's direction is is the cinematography like i could see this film being significantly worse off with with different creative choices and different design choices there's something about danny boyle's films where it feels like i can it feels like i can feel them like there's a certain yeah yeah yeah, texture is a very good word i think Mm. it's a lot to do with like lighting Mm. but also probably because back then especially most of his bigger films were not digital. Mm. They were um, uh, cellular. Um, cellular. Yes, thank, I was going to say cellulite, and I just couldn't get that <laughs> head out of my head. Um, yeah, cellulite. So there is more of it. There's a grainy realness to it, mm. and that works really well with like a lot of the colours that he'll that choose. That was the, yeah, like the, the bright reds. The first the, shot after the running is that room, and it's yeah, red that green room with green, the baby, and mm. it was like I forgot. I totally didn't remember that, and it was it was quite beautiful to see on mm. your giant TV as well, Jason. Like the the <laughs> Choose a giant television. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was Yeah, that was a nice little bit. I was amazed I think I've watched this film more than I remember because mm. I remembered every single thing that was gonna happen in mm. sequence. And yeah. I was what 
But maybe that's why I either watched it more than I remember or it's imprinted that much on my brain because I was a, a biggest – when I was between 16 and 19, that were, they were my biggest film nut mm. years. And so – and this was right in there right. for mm. those. Because correct me if I'm wrong as well, just in terms of like the location and everything. Like it is obviously Scotland, but it mm. was Edinburgh, wasn't it? Yes. I'm yes, pretty I sure if not certain. So. Um, because Edinburgh, it's interesting with Edinburgh because Edinburgh is one of the richest cities. Yeah. Like if with Australia, like if you wanted to make it gritty and so on like that, you would choose, you know, you could, but it's, but there's Mel- places to choose, but then you would choose. Like, but heroin's big. If you were like doing the Australian, um, uh, yeah, replica, yeah. you'd do St. Kilda is the, is the Edinburgh of. Australia and Melbourne, yeah. and that's got the biggest heroin problem mm. in, is, in yeah. Australia. Yeah, it is around as well. there, but like it's it's this kind of up and down level as well. Like you, and they even mention it in the mm. thing. Like mm. it's a full time job. You've just got to keep robbing people, and somewhere like yeah. Edinburgh would be mm. where you'd want to go for that. Yeah, you, you can't don't shit in your own backyard. Mum, my mum used to work in the prisons when the with juvenile juvenile prisons, and the kids mm. always said, "You know, don't shit in your own backyard." Mm. Yeah. So if they'd all live in, like you're if you were choosing a bogan suburb or a rough suburb of Perth where we are, you'd be better off living in that suburb than the next one over yeah. because the yeah. next one over that was, would be the one that got robbed. You can't have economic uh, deprivation without wealth. Yeah. Um, without, I, without over. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think it's interesting that Edinburgh, it, it is a wealthy city, uh, but it, I don't know that Edinburgh had gone through its, um, Renaissance. Yeah, it's it's sort of uh, it's uplifting. Uh, you know, obviously, in in non COVID times, it is it is a popular destination for the Edinburgh Festival. And there's, yeah. mm. you know, there are these upmarket areas like a lot of cities in the UK that have tried to you know uh, gentrify themselves. Yes, and um, Edinburgh absolutely has gone through that. But there are obviously still these these massive areas where that there is no support. There is none of that. And I think this film really captures that experience and obviously mm. it's it's taken from from the book and it has just built this really fantastic film story mm. yeah. uh, it works it works incredibly well it, um for for that medium of film and just giving that sense of a, a sort of hectic lack of control sort of life yeah and it's it's hard to go like what would you do in some of these situations because you're like these people are all horrible that you're having a harder time putting yourself mm. into like you know the idea of like audience surrogate while existing in this like you know that mark is the least horrible out of all of them Mm. um well maybe not probably spud is Mm. but you don't want to (laughs) nobody wants to be a spud come on yeah um but it's hard to put yourself in that shoes and what i found during it was this kind of like okay how would you get out of this and you just can't work it out and by the end of it you are just like just leave. Like you can't, mm. you can't save your friends. You yeah. can't. You can only try to save yourself. You've just got to just get out. Essentially. Yeah. And then that's that's almost why it's so uplifting. By the end, you're like you've just got to cut with everything. Mm. And I I don't know that necessarily the majority of the characters in this film are horrible people. Um, I think no, they, it's the horrible attributes. Yeah. It's important. Yeah. They're flawed. They're yeah. super flawed. They are. Yeah. They're certainly not role models. But I also think that that it's difficult for them to they're making bad choices but i don't know that that necessarily makes them bad people certain no. certain of them are like i think Beg- begbie is framed as begbie being is a but i think boy. also sick boy becomes it yes i think that's key when 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 the sick boy gets worse when the child dies that's the turning moment for yeah, sick boy yeah. yeah and he could have gone one way he could have gone the other and whereas renton started to fix his life after that yeah. sick boy doubled down and became a pimp and pimp. a pusher so i think yeah. they like they also seem to represent the different modes of the people who take heroin like there's you know heroin also has this elitism to it as a you know as the drug of choice for rock stars yeah, and rich you know people. And rich people and singers and like and i think and you know when sick boy has that moment where he opens up his the heel of his shoe and he's got this you know he's almost like got the james bond style stuff in there mm. he he's almost like the pete doherty style of of drug taker you know mm. the the guy that dated Sam Kate Moss, Kate Moss and yeah. all that, like who was just wanting to be known as a cool heroine. All he yeah. wanted was heroin. He wanted to be known for it because it was his identity, which is so gross mm. when you like, mm. 
And you can see how that would then be his choice because his identity rests on that and it's it's cool yeah. for him. Well, Whereas the others are, are showing the reality. And then you've got um, Tommy. Tommy, yeah. I was about to bring up Tommy. Where, yeah, when you... Like, there's so many documentaries and things out there about heroin in Scotland and Tommy represents the mm. majority of these people. Yeah, like, when he's clean at the beginning. Yeah. Mm. And the scourge of H.I. Like, the, the fact that they only... Just tap on it, but yeah. it's so, mm. it's so horrible. Mm. At that time, they were literally living through the worst HIV epidemic because of intravenous drugs. Mm. At that time, yeah. it was people would like people would the death tolls were bigger than the rest of the UK yeah. combined at that and time. I think it's really interesting that Tommy is. Is this um, tragic figure? Not only a tragic figure, but is sort of representative of this innocence that's lost. Yeah, and is is corrupted, and you know, because he's he's got it going pretty good. He's got a lot of EHSs. He's got a partner. <laughs> you know, they're making sexy videos. You know, all that yeah. kind of stuff. And then when he he gets pulled into it, and I think again, and he, he, he gets he, pulled into it by Mark. Yeah, it is Mark steals the video. Yeah, he loses his girlfriend. Yeah. Everything goes worse and worse and worse from there. But Mark, and this is the interesting thing, Mark Renton is someone who is so in that lifestyle. He's not thinking, I'll steal this video and make this guy crumble. He, no. He, it's just, his, it's there. His actions are happening and they affect everyone around him. I think this is a really great film about community and about what, what community is and what it serves and how it can be beneficial, but also largely about how it... Like a bad community is such a hard thing down, to turn. Yeah. I think that also, and maybe this comes from the novel as well. Maybe this resonates with me because I've had someone very close to me with a very very bad heroin addiction, mm. and it probably is the same with any drug addiction. Your morals get so skewed that mm. it would not even resonate with Renton that stealing that video, like is what has like there's no guilt in that because the guy that i knew that was very heavily addicted to heroin he had done things like he'd stolen his daughter's ipad to sell he'd cleaned out his wife's bank account to get drugs so then he'd stolen a friend's jewelry to get drugs so then when it came to something small like stealing a bottle of wine or Mm. you know even things like not putting on a seatbelt in the back of a taxi and then the taxi driver getting, you know, like, you know, ticketed, things like that. Mm. He didn't, he, he, it didn't even register with him that they were also morally bad things. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah. So he would treat people really badly, but on his moral compass, he'd already done the worst things mm. that he could possibly do outside of murder and assault and, you know, assault. Mm. So something like that just didn't even register. Mm. And I, th- I like that they really push that home subtly in this. Yeah. I, like it doesn't, e- he, even when he gives Tommy money, like it's like he thinks he's going to help him by yeah. giving him money to yeah, score again. Yeah, he smiles again. and it even shows it, in the film. Because, mm. Yep, because he's like, I've done a good thing for my friend by giving him this money. And it's like... He asked he's, and I gave and that's yay, right. and that's great. And then he's dead. The that's morals the are so him. skewed. And the best thing he does is at the end when he leaves Spud that money. Yeah. That is the moment that you go, Renton has, for me, I go, Renton has, This is. Uh, there's a actual sign of a change mm. here. Something yeah. good. Yeah. Well, the biggest guilt he really shows in it, like when he steals the VCR, he's like, and this is where we are. We are watching this VCR I yeah. stole of a friend having sex. Then um, and then at the end of, end of it, when he's walking away and just before he starts to smile with the money, he is like, I know I'm horrible, and but I'm going to change and things like that. Yeah. You, you do believe it a bit more because I think it's his more And that's how they that's culpable. how they can do the things that they do mm. and hurt the people they hurt is because mm. they go, all right, well, I'm horrible. I'm a drug addict. I'm a horrible person. I'm just yeah. going to keep hurting people. So it's just, it's a really, I, f- I find that r- really important, that beautiful last little scene. One, it's great to see Spud win out in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. But also, to it's like this one glimmer of hope. Mm. It's why, and I, I haven't seen it yet, I'm, but I'm probably, I'm going to watch it this week. The sequel, <laughs> that's why I think the sequel is great, is a great idea. Mm. To just see what has happened 
to these people to these people 25 years yeah, later yeah yeah i think i i am really curious to see uh train spotting too now mm. um and and to see what that looks like particularly because obviously the cast is so strong yeah and those performers are all still working and still doing incredible work um that it would be really interesting to revisit and see them um this movie's got a lot of poo in it just just throwing yeah. that one out there um obviously the the infamous worst toilet in scotland scene <laughs> um jason as a first time viewer how was the worst toilet in scotland for well you? i was actually having dinner at the time so <laughs> <laughs> no it um yeah no it's it's exactly like that is the scene of the film in a mm. lot of ways and it's what five ten minutes in yeah it's yeah. really early it's very early um and no i can see what it is i think it's really well done but it's also that point where it's like and it doesn't completely come back to it um but now coming to think of it i guess like the weirdest bits of this film tend to be during um while he's trying to get off it during yeah um, basically when he's going cold turkey and things yeah. like that. It's that bit. It's um, a bit where he's coming down in his like childhood bedroom with yeah. the trains. The sequence where he ODs as well. Yeah, the sequence mm. where he, yeah, the sequence where he ODs with the um the carpet. Yeah. The carpet vision. I I thought that was that was brilliant. I yeah. thought that was incredible. Especially because you sink and you're like, that's a cool effect. And I'm like, oh no, this is gonna keep going. Yeah. And it's going to be clever in a lot of other ways. Yeah. I think having that that toilet sequence and having him uh literally almost being like the Nirvana album baby. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, never mind. Yeah, never mind. It was um it was just wonderful. Like it was just one of those things where it was like this toilet's gross. This is disgusting. He's in refreshing, cool blue water. And it was such a wonderful transition. And again, yeah. the worst bathroom in Scotland looked like the worst bathroom in Scotland. And it was that set dressing. And like that, it almost, you could almost smell it. And that's not a yes. good thing. But it was mm. so evocative. And I think using those moments of um, extreme uh, evocation for those sequences where he is, where, where Renton is most at risk. Um, where he's ODing, when he's going through the cold turkey sequence. Um, he's closest to death points, yeah, essentially. It's, yeah, it's fabulous. It's just, it's really, really effective storytelling for something which I think in quite a lot of other versions of this film or stories like this, you would see, you know, um, Jorah Mormont locking the door to stop, <laughs> to, to stop his son. And then I... you'd see the parents looking all sad outside as you hear, ah! from like a locked door and then you'd come back in two weeks and he'd be eating toast and everyone would be like well that, that was tricky yeah this film did did a really great sequence yeah, to show that yeah like it's it's intense it's insane and the, the baby on the thing and like how it was clear that you could have just filmed a baby walking along a floor that you made look and, like a wall and flipped it mm. but the fact that it was clearly animatronic you could even see the rail essentially yeah you're just like this is like we and then just how it just got weirder and weirder and weirder and weirder. Absolutely. And yeah. Mm. I um speaking of just one scene that kept popping into my head is um especially now that you've mentioned Jorah Mormont, Jorah Mormont. Mm. Um he um when we were um, Carmen and I were in Scotland, we were travelling at one point, and I don't know if it was the same hill, the mountain near mm. a um, train station. Yeah. That there was in the film, but we kind of went to one place very similar, and I was looking out that way. Um, going, oh, look at that. And I turned around and there's a big picture of that guy, of, you know, Renton's dad, mm. like advertising a, like a, like a police and nurses credit union or something <laughs> like that in like semi Game of Thrones things that you could just really? not get away with suing. Yeah. And just him smiling, you know, banking with blah, 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 or his mm. secure as houses or I don't know, something, some bad <laughs> Game of Thrones punt on there. Yeah. And I just remember just those two coming together in this film has been like very odd. Yeah. Um, we we should touch on um, James of, Cosmo. That's his name. Yes, we we should touch on some of the uh, the the more um, uh, troubling elements uh, in the film. Uh, obviously, the the death of the baby, the dead baby, is yeah. is pretty extreme. That's and it's almost done in the softest way in comparison to everything else. It's just pan 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 pan. Are oh, you going to see? Oh yes, you are going to see it. And you're going to hang on it. You're going to mm. jump up. You're going to go down. You're going to jump up, and you're yeah. going to keep focusing on it. It's. It's, it's, it's an it, incredible scene. Yeah. And particularly because um, of how all of those actors react to it and their different reactions yeah. mm. uh, from from the ones that just 
do not know how to react and like Renton's instinct is to go back to the heroine because that's the safety blanket. And Spud um, seems to understand it like a lot in terms of just the yeah. general situation. But, but even like Mother Superior, who's not a big character in this film, but I loved him. Mother He's Superior great, isn't he? was fabulous. And the support he, caster are impeccable. Yeah. But mm. his his like reactions, because he's not the focus in that scene, but, but his reactions... Way in like, the back. Yeah. yeah, you can tell he's like, shit, we've got a dead baby. I'm the person that, that's in charge the, of all the this. The way that they've chosen to build that baby... Mm. That baby's been dead for a while yes. as well. That's the thing. They've made a choice that that baby died at least a couple of days ago. Yeah. Yeah. Like it, that, they don't have to say it. They show it. Yeah. And that's, you can see that going through everyone's minds where mm-hmm. you, you're not just looking at a cot death. You're looking at a... It's neglect. Yeah. 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 And, uh, it's gross neglect. Yeah. yeah. And, and the, 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 the actress that plays Alison, superb. Mm. Just, yeah. just like that was, just really strong for a character who's not a massive part of the film, really. Yeah. But you um, needed that to be strong, otherwise yeah. it's like it, uh, you're not maybe it. pushing the message about hopelessness and so on that yeah. you want. Yeah, it's 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 so grim. But you can't but, just have your drug addict being kind of average in the background. Yeah. Like you need to yeah. really sell that. It's almost the most important thing. And that's just it. It's grim, but it does not feel exploitative. Um, no, which no. I think is a really kind of amazing thing. Like, the, mm. like there's a little bit with with films like this of almost um, like like poverty tourism sometimes, yes. all those kind of things. And th- this is clearly something that I think Danny Boyle just does so well because obviously you look at a film like Slumdog Millionaire as mm. well, which is looking at um, a part of the world which is for different reasons, but is you know not a rich part of the world. And has got its own different problems. But at no point during that film, or indeed in this film, did I feel as though this was somebody who didn't have a good grasp on the issues mm. that were affecting it. And, mm. you know, throw, when you make a decision to throw a, 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 a death of an infant in a film, um, obviously audiences and people are going to react very strongly to that. And obviously for some people, um, they've been unfortunate for something like that to happen in their life or to yeah. know some some very young person who has died that that is a really awful thing to then see depicted in your entertainment media um but they just handle it absolutely wonderfully it's i'm just i'm just really impressed and i I don't mean to diminish that with this because i I feel like when you when it gets to the cat Mm. knowing that the kitten is fine yeah is so important. Yeah. <laughs> well, I kind of feel like you you couldn't have had the dead baby and the dead cat. No, I, that would have felt too much. It yeah. was it was really important that that kitten survived. Yeah. At that point in time. Mm. Like and that, not to diminish a dead baby, but like yeah. No, no. I agree. With cats, we, need, we needed a win, guys. But we yeah. just needed a win. That the yeah that we needed some innocence and also because to survive. Tommy had died as well. Yeah. And Tommy had been this very promising character mm. so a very promising young man who was like was also told the truth which yeah. was seen as like a negative trait from Renton at yeah. that time um, and then for him to have died and we've gone through this grim stuff and you know Renton's been pulled back into this world that he's been trying to escape as a real estate agent in London it was important for that story to finish with the kitten was fine mm. which is also I think representative of like the, the way the humour is done in this it's bleak but it's funny it's the one of the it's one of the funniest moments that that mm. monologue in the back of the funeral mm. which <laughs> says a lot because it's horrific mm. as well but it's so the beats in it are so beautiful mm. the way that guy is telling it yeah that it, and explaining toxoplasmosis yeah tox, mm. toxoplasmosis like it's so <laughs> yeah. it's so it's so you can't. You, it's it's horror laughing. You know, it's yeah. hor- you're, yeah, you're laughing yeah, yeah. at the horrificness of it. Yeah, uh, of course. This film sort of uh, has a, an interesting third act where Renton being dragged back into his heroin world is um, there's there's a drug deal that that can happen that uh, sick boy has has got everyone involved with, and I think it's really interesting that um, Begbie is involved in the drug deal considering he's so anti-drugs yes or at least you know heroin he's very anti-heroin he'll stay drinking beer and smoking cigarettes and (laughs) chemicals will kill you like that kind of thing um but yeah i think yeah but he's it's so such his character as well like he'd rather be right yeah than 
um, correct. Yeah, in a lot of ways. But the, but the fact that he gets on board with the deal. And yeah, Spud, yeah. It's like yeah. fine. Yeah, I'll get money out of it. Yeah, but. and Spud for similar reasons, but for entirely different personality reasons, is 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 tanging along because. He just wants money. He needs money yeah. to survive. Uh, he's he's a obviously he's been to prison now by this point. You know his mm. his options are even more limited than they were to begin with. Um, it's it's kind of interesting that that Renton goes along with it, but his betrayal of his friends is treated as a moment of uh, heroism. Yes, and I think it is because of how awful those friends and particularly Begbie and Sick Boy have been yeah. shown mm. to be that his betrayal of ripping off people who he's known for years and played like five-a-side football with and all of that um, is portrayed as being like you know what no he's he's getting out and that is that is something to celebrate mm. and I think the really important thing in that is that he leaves Spud the money yeah yeah um, I think it's absolutely crucial that that happens yeah. because again it's that little it's it's the kitten is fine for the whole yeah. film. Spud is, is the, the kitten. Yeah, Spud is the kitten. Yeah, and Spud gets gets his reward at the end. Hmm. And there's so much uh, danger in doing what he does mm. as well. Yeah. Like I think it's maybe that plays into that you know British matesy the boys sort of thing, but it's. They feel, or even Australia, you know, it's an Australian thing. Like, you know, you don't rat on your mates, that mm. sort of stuff. It mm. really plays into that cliche, but it exists. It's, yeah. It's oh, big time. Mm. Um, and I think it is so important for, for Renton to do that. Mm. And indeed for the viewer, for him to do that. Because he he was in situations it just didn't make sense that he was living the life he was doing or doing what he yeah. was doing. Yeah. But his one excuse was, yeah, but he's a mate. Or he's a friend. Yeah, yeah like, be, like he's great life. Begbie comes and screws it up. Yeah, you know. Okay, maybe he's sorting out Begbie and then sick boys in. Yeah, yeah. And, and then I, you know, he Spud says comes. he's enjoying. He says he's enjoying the mundane when he's doing that real estate agent stuff. He's like, I love it. Mm. I love having like he he has a moment of, mm. of yeah. enjoying this the just what anyone else would kind of see as a shit life because yeah. it's such a banal way of life. But he loved it because it was his. Mm. And then it, it got messed up. Yeah, but he got out. He sorted it out. Train spotting two. We'll have to watch at some point to see <laughs> how it goes. Would you guys like some trivia about train spotting? Yes, sure. please. All right. All of this trivia is sourced from IMDb. So if it nay true, don't blame me. Slight <laughs> Scottish twist there. Nay true. Yeah. <laughs> because if it nay true, it's not true. <laughs> if you can it, pass it on. Can. Uh, <laughs> can I believe that one? Yeah. Uh, Ewan McGregor read books about crack and heroin to prepare for the role. Good so far. He also went to Glasgow and met people from the Calton Athletic Recovery Group, an organisation of recovering heroin addicts. Also good. He was taught how to cook up heroin with a spoon using glucose powder. That seems reasonable. He also considered injecting heroin to better understand the character, but decided against it. <laughs> no, Ewan, don't do drugs. Jesus, good work. Oh, method actors sometimes. In this case, methadone actors. Yeah. Just <laughs> not, not allowed. Uh, although it looks thoroughly off-putting, the feces in the worst toilet in Scotland scene was actually made from chocolate and therefore smelt great. You guys told me that fact too early, so yeah. I didn't get as grossed out at that scene. I, I did not want your dinner ruined. I'll True, I was eating, as I did mention. Yeah. Yes, I saw it and I was like, oh no, Jason. Yeah, we, you do we, watch me just, I slightly moved like to the side, so I wasn't facing the television as yeah. much. Yeah, no, I was like, quick, tell him it's chocolate. Quick. <laughs> uh, I don't know if it was chocolate for the scene where Spud threw his shitty bed sheets all over that the family. That was so funny. <laughs> yeah. but I'm you missed that. because I did, yes, I was cleaning up a kitten or something. <laughs> It was... That's such. I was waiting for it. My, my hands were all well like, and truly. Miss? My <laughs> hands were well and truly at my face before it started. Yeah. I, I was watching you more than the same. <laughs> yeah, Tegan, Tegan was just cringing. It was incredible. <laughs> for the close-up shots of Ewan McGregor injecting himself with heroin, a prosthetic arm was constructed by the makeup department, complete with pulsing veins, small tracks, and a small pocket. Uh, of blood that would appear when the skin was punctured by the hypodermic needle. Well, that looked real. That looked mm. so real. Mm. So yeah, no, it was tremendously fantastic effects. Um, really, I am. Um, I watched a really crappy, low-budget film about drug takers in Melbourne a few years ago, 
and it was cast with Melbourne's drug takers and mm. alcoholics. It was about alcoholics and drug takers. Mm. And they had a scene where they actually shot people injecting. They didn't give them heroin. Mm. They gave them just like water or something. Saline or something. So, yeah, and they, but they shot them injecting between their toes. Mm. And that was... I, I remember watching it and being like annoyed by it because I was like, why didn't you just... Like, that's, that's when you mm. talk about like... Like porn, like you know that that yeah. kind of underbelly, gross porn. Yeah. I was like poverty porn. Poverty porn. I was like, this is this is poverty porn. This is. Yeah. I'm like, just just fake it. Yeah. <laughs> just I remember being like, yeah. this is so ridiculous. I wasn't sure if this story was going to be about being so real or being like so fake that it was clearly like a leg of ham that they were trying to inject yeah. into. Yeah. Oh, God. When did you watch a film about the Essendon Football Club? That's what I want to know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It would have been all those butt cheeks yeah. <laughs> being toes. <laughs> we have discovered that she'll like anything with a good tackle. She'll watch. Yeah. yeah. Da, 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 da. Tackle. Uh, various options were considered to make the film more intelligible for American audiences. Subtitles were ruled out as they would spoil the effect of using them in the disco scene. Instead, the actors re-recorded the first 20 minutes of dialogue for this film, softening their accents to attune American ears to the Scottish dialect. So if you're watching the American version of this, they tone it down for the first 20 minutes, and then the rest is the same as everywhere else. Is that what we watched? Because I feel like that happened in this one. We're watching uh, on an Australian streaming service, so I don't know. Good Um, question. I I felt like it was easy to, to understand it. At the start of the film, I didn't. I, I'm pretty attuned to that accent, but it, there was there were the subtitles in the nightclub, which was probably yeah. the point where I found it hardest to understand. But that may have been also music and so on. Yeah. Um, yes, I'm not sure. We'll have to contact the the good people at Stan and dear Stan. Let yeah. us know. I um I was. It just reminded me of something. I think it was. I'm pretty sure it was John Oliver did this for like I think BBC America, which is. Um, before a lot of shows like, well, movies and so on, like Train Spotting, um, he did this uh, thing where he come out with his his kind of accent and just explained that you know the following show, while recorded in English, uh, maybe better for you to uh, view uh, with subtitles on. You would have heard this accent a lot more if you wouldn't didn't keep throwing all our tea in the river. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, fantastic. <laughs> Uh, Ewan Bremner, who plays Spud, Spud yeah. uh, had previously played Renton in a stage adaptation That's of the novel. That's right, it's a play. I forgot about that. Mm. Yes. Which I, I'm kind of curious to see what that would have been like because we, we haven't talked much about, about Ewan Bremner, but he's incredible. He's, he's great. so good. He's fantastic in this. He's so. Have you seen Death at a Funeral, the British no, version? No, I haven't. No. Oh, he's in that. He's so funny. Hmm. He's well, just, I mean, he's in this, it, I think it's partly because, and it's something Jason said earlier, you kind of know someone like Spud. Yeah. And there's, there's I thought there was maybe like an almost uncapturable quality about people the happy like dopey, that. The happy dopey rat. Yeah. But, but, but Bremner's got it. Like, yeah, he's yeah. Really, and, he's got it in a lot of things yeah. too. Because um, he's, like, I think the last thing I ever saw him in was Wonder Woman, where he plays someone with like shell shock. And yes. it's such an easy move from, like, you can see almost everything that he's doing there is just about such this psychotic rattle that he has. Mm. I lo- He's almost like, he reminds me sort of of a Rick Mayle where he looks like he's, a, he's actually a very handsome man, mm. but he plays Bug-eyed. the less handsome characters. Because yeah. there's times where, I, with him, like, next to, next to you and McGregor, who I w- want to marry, like, I was like... <laughs> He's just as handsome. Like he's just, but he's his physicality and the way he's, he's yeah, set up. Yeah, he's such up, a physical it, actor. It changes his attractiveness. That's right. Just mm. like Rick Mayall was the was a very sexy man, but you wouldn't have known from the characters he played. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Kelly McDonald, who again love her small ca- like yeah. small character, but great character. So in this film. good. Um, and just that reveal of the fact that she's a, a school age girl. Yeah. And we've <laughs> just seen a sex scene between her and Renton is just like. Oh, Renton. <laughs> and by which I mean, oh shit, you're in a lot of trouble yeah. now, buddy. She's really not in it, though. Like, she's there and she's powerful when she's there. Yeah. But, like, after that bit, you see once, twice? Yeah. Once she, a letter. Yeah, so one's a letter, one's where they she goes and seeing him after he's cleaned up. And yeah. she's in his cold turkey 
mm. uh, hallucination. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Um, but Again, that's why I want to watch the sequel because she's in the sequel. So I want to see if maybe it's a... No. I want to see what they've what's happened because there's. Yeah. I love that. I love the letter bit. I love that there's a let that he she knows where he lives, so she sent him a letter. So there's a connection there. Like I, I think that's, that's how Begbie finds him too. Yes. Because mm. in the letter she that's says Begbie right. set, and then he's that's like Begbie, right. and then Begbie's at yeah. the door. Yeah. That's right. I, I think it, yeah, and I think it's just a really great performance from, from yeah. Kelly McDonald. And clearly she's their back and forth is a lot because she knew about uh, Sick Boy, she knew about Tommy, she mm. knew about. Spiders were like just a really clever way of going without having to show it. That's right, of passing time mm. and pa- and letting their relationship develop a little yeah. bit more. I really liked that. Uh, so this was Kelly McDonald's first film. Yeah, and in a moment of naivety, uh, invited her mother and brother to the set for when they were filming. It was the sex scene day, though. <laughs> I don't know if they hung around. I'm guessing they didn't. Oh, my goodness. But can you imagine? She's it's like, quite young. She was 19, 19 when they filmed yeah. this. So she was not... The character's age was 14, yeah. uh, officially. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, they don't say that in the film, but I think that's in the book. Danny Boyle used twins to play the part of Baby Dawn, which meant neither baby was forced to be in front of the camera for too long. All of the cast would play with the two babies between uh, takes to break the tension of the difficult scenes that they Aww. had to shoot. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, so the dead baby scene, that must have been even harder. Mm. Yeah. Oh. But yeah, no, ba- Baby Dawn, or at least the actors that, that played Dawn, um, ha- had a nice time on set, at least. Wow. Which is very... I find that interesting because often when they have to get twins for something, twin kids for something, they'll just get one. Mm. And just never show the twins together yeah. to try and yeah. save on that. Yeah, whereas in this one, Danny's like, no, they need baby breaks. Thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, to play the skinny heroin addict Renton, Ewan McGregor lost 26 pounds, um, wow. which is... 13 kilos. Yeah, about 13, 13 kilos. 13 kilos, yeah. Um, it took him about two months to shrink down to that size. Uh, he achieved this by grilling everything and drinking wine and gin instead of beer. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's how you do it. <laughs> he's meant to be so much fun on set. Like, mm. he's meant to be one yeah, of the nicest... Yeah, he's his dick out all the time. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So like, much. Fun. I know we'll never do it, but apparently, there's in Velvet Goldmine, they tell him to when he's doing his Iggy Pop thing, he's on stage in front of everyone, and he didn't tell them he's going to get his dick out. <laughs> he just put, and they kept it in the film. He just pulls his pants down, and starts wiggling it around. <laughs> Imagine being fifteen year old me. I was like, woo, <laughs> jackpot. Yes. Mm. Uh, Oasis, the band, were asked to contribute to the soundtrack, but Noel Gallagher declined. Uh, apparently, I'm sure he said it in very nice words. Too. Yeah, fuck off. Oh, appa- <laughs> uh, apparently, it was because he thought the film was actually about train spotters. <laughs> uh, Oasis did attend the launch party, though, which did a lot for the publicity of this uh, independent film. So, and go. I believe then they-, they then they had a song in Snatch, so I think they must have learnt their lesson. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I believe that Liam Gallagher uh, actually really likes this film as well. So oh, I, think I can they were, imagine. They were just like, what oh, ah, kid, we really fucked up not being on this one. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm born from so close to where they are. Yeah. <laughs> cannot do that accent whatsoever. <laughs> What's mad for it? What's the accent like? You've actually, you're not far off. Not far off it, yeah. right. Yeah. Right. I, I, it's right up in the... No- do you know, I got it from, I learned it from Kevin and Perry Go Large. <laughs> Yeah, because <laughs> our Kev, like yeah. when she comes in and pretends to have a yeah, because she's been listening to Oasis yeah. and all that. You're right. mad, for it, mad yeah. for it, yeah. And then he pretends to be from Yorkshire. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's my little snippet yeah. of how I know the accent. Well, well done. Thank uh, you. Thank you, Harry Enfield. Cheers, yeah. Um, you right. Johnny Lee Miller's character, Sick Boy, is obsessed with James Bond trivia. Uh, Miller is the grandson of the actor Bernard Lee, who played M in the Bond <gasps> series. Oh, wow. Mm. Cool. Yeah. Uh, Christopher Eccleston was offered the role of Begbie. Begbie. He would be an... He would be an mm, he would have been... He's physically horrifying. intimidating. <laughs> he would be even worse as Begbie. Like, even I, more it, scary. Yeah. It would have been... It would have been... A, Stuff the and wrong night- kind of scary. Yeah, yeah the stuff and nightmares all yeah. of a sudden. Yeah. Well, he's how Danny Boyle imagined the character looking when he read the book. So that's why he wanted him. Yeah. Uh, just Christopher Eccleston with that moustache, though, is is not, <laughs> not a pleasant so idea. Yeah. Oh, mm. terrifying. Robert Carlyle said that he was very amused by the appeal of the Begbie character, and with videos popping up in the early days of the internet of people reenacting entire scenes in Trainspotting, 
um he he watched them he, and he, <laughs> and by his own admission some of them did the scenes better than he did. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, was when did he do the full Monty? Was that, that was ninety-seven. Seven, I think. So this yeah. was, that was this is around just the same after. time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's probably jumping from one to the other, which is yeah. wow, pretty good going. Uh, and finally, the sex scene between Ewan McGregor and Kelly MacDonald uh, was trimmed for the American release by a few seconds, mainly because it appeared that Diane, a schoolgirl in the film, seemed to be enjoying it too much, and they <laughs> couldn't have that. We can have the the minor having sex, Six, yeah. but if they're enjoying, no, nope. no, not allowed. I, I I get it, but also at the same time, like it's it it seems like a strange editing choice. There's the yeah, it's violence is fine, sex isn't apparently. Yeah, so I mean, sex. I, I can understand people being a bit. It's sex with a minor. Yeah, and also I could, but I, just I mean, it's a hang up in general. Yeah, I could totally see them being the censor board being quite annoyed. Because the film tricks you. You don't know it's sex with a minor until, until afterwards. Until afterwards, yeah. Yeah. So you feel a lot like probably um, Mark does in the end. Yeah, but I could see a sensor going, what? I thought that was just regular sex I meant to enjoy. Naughty. Oh. That's too naughty. <laughs> yeah. Women don't like sex. Mm. Shame on you. Yeah. My wife hasn't enjoyed sex once. <laughs> Doesn't matter that they can marry at 14 in Louisiana. Mm. Anyway. Yeah. Take that, American Censor Board, the yeah. mid-90s. You're going <laughs> and down. We, and we've solved that problem and it'll never come up again. Yes. Uh, so, That's what she said. All that, be- <laughs> <laughs> all that being said, it is now time to score Train Spotting. Uh, and Jason, because it was your first time watching it, you get to go first. What score would you give Train Spotting out of 10? Ooh. I'm, I'm actually thinking I'm going to be a little harsher on it than probably you guys are, but like, as amazing and as good and as big as it was, I know sometimes I felt like these super like influential films like a train spotting or something that I've watched on this or I've watched so much afterwards, maybe because I've seen everything that it influenced, it hits me less. Mm. It still hit me a lot, mm. but I honestly, had I seen this probably when I was younger or closer to the time, I would have probably given it like a nine and a half or something like mm. that. But a, Probably just going to go seven and a half Begbies in your bed. Mm-hmm. Mm. Bedbees. Bedbees. Yeah. yeah. I really love that. Just yeah. Being, it's like, you better get off them or I'll smack them out of you. Like, yeah. Yeah. I just realized there's more than one scene of that because there's also the bit where he's staying in there, um, oh, top yeah. and tailing. Yeah. With the feet just whacking him in the face. Yeah. Too many bedbees. Too many bedbees. Don't let the bed bug bees bite. Bedbees. <laughs> <laughs> Don't let the bedbees stab you in a pub. Yeah. Um, <laughs> absolutely kick the shit out of that yeah that, oh, at that point like i thought scene. i thought it was going to be about him like at that point like it's and it would have been a worse film when begbie attacks that guy like he kills him mm-hmm. and it's more like your mcgregor escapes with the money because he just doesn't he keeps his head down while spud and yeah. um, sick boy go and help yeah i and i do agree i think it was better yeah it was better that it was more about yeah where it went but at that point i'm like if this was a normal film that would have been the cheat way out like you Mm. don't have to tag on your rag on your mates yeah yeah what about yourself tegan uh what would you give this film Mm. out of 10 well i loved watching it again for the nostalgia um it's it's nice it's relieving to watch a nostalgic film that's also a really good film Mm. as well Watched a few. <laughs> watched a few films recently. Remind, reminds like, you, yeah. love this. You know, like Eric the Viking when we watched yeah. that, oh. and it was a piece of shit. Yeah. Um, so I love. It was nice to be still affected by the film as mm. well. I still had moments of going, "This is yeah, this really still gets me." Mm. Um, new appreciation. So n- nine uh, greatest goals of all time mm. out of ten Are for they, me. Is it the greatest goals of all time? Is it? Is it? We'll never know. Maybe I returned it. <laughs> we'll find out. Uh, yeah. Look, for me, I really enjoyed this, even though uh, enjoying it is probably not the right word. Um, it is appreciated. I really appreciate this film. Yeah. I'm. I'm maybe a little bit more inclined with you, Jason, where I feel as though this film has lost some of its impact through time. Yeah. Um, and also, like I've seen more recent Danny Boyle films that I think that he, he is clearly someone who has improved at his craft mm. over time. Um, but this is still excellent. Like this yeah. is, this is a really, 
was a real humdinger of a film. Um, mm. And I think there's just so much to like about it. Um, whilst also at the same time, there's so much to be horrified about <laughs> at the same time. I just think there's a wonderful... It's a wonderful experience as a piece of entertainment, but it is also a, a very harrowing experience uh, and commentary on uh, the effects of addiction and... Um, social degradation in in a place of scotland and i love that speech that ewan mcgregor does when they they go out to the country and he's talking about how the scottish are the lowest of the low and how he doesn't hate the english they're just wankers and just that whole speech and that whole sentiment really perfectly sort of encapsulates that experience um so i i really enjoyed it um and i would give it eight and a half uh, Archie Gemmell strikes in 1978 <laughs> out of 10 uh, because that was you're the only one who can remember the name that's what I was trying to say I knew it was 1978 <laughs> Archie yeah. Gemmell that was the World Cup oh yeah. it, was, it was a big yeah, deal yeah Tegan it was oh. a big deal because uh, that was a funny part of watching the movie when that mm. came up what's his Stephen <laughs> and Stephen went that was a very good goal. <laughs> very seriously, it was a very good goal. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, also, like, it was a big deal at the time because it was one of the few World Cups that Squal- Scotland qualified for and England did not. Uh. England did not qualify for uh, the 1978 World Cup. And the Scottish, uh, at that time, had a fantastic team. You know, they had the likes of um, Kenny Dalgleish and like, all these big names that they sadly no longer have. Well, I don't they know. Even, mm-hmm. They even had a little song, mm-hmm. you know, it was something like... Um, uh, we're going over to Argentina. We're gonna do or die. The English they can't because they didn't qualify. Like, <laughs> <laughs> didn't they? Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, Can I'm we not... talk about the 1992 West Coast Eagles grand yes, final team? Yes. Yeah, now? that'll be a great one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Peter well, Matera. Yeah, 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 yeah. Brett Hetty. <laughs> look, look. If you guys want to do a 1992 themed. Uh, perf drug story where the, the, <laughs> the somebody's well, got. We, do, okay, we, we, didn't, we never skip, said drugs. We just said West Coast Eagles. Oh seven, oh eight. So yeah. we can do Ben cuts. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, oh five, oh six. <laughs> oh five, oh six. That's right. Yeah. No. It's, it, yeah. So it has to be then, and okay. it has to be. It has to be set a couple of years later, so that someone can have like a DVD of like West Coast Eagles Grand Final highlights 2006. See, I have the 1994 West Coast Eagles official cookbook with, with, all, of their favorite, <laughs> with all of their favorite recipes. Oh. The 2006 cookbook is very different. And, <laughs> and their favorite, and they all liked going to the Witch's Cauldron. Which oh. was their favourite restaurant. Rest in peace, which is cold. Yeah, R. <laughs> uh, so, with that very uh, Perth-centric ending to yeah. this, uh, slightly Perth-connected because there's a Perth, Perth in Scotland. There is Perth. Uh, let's let's just close shop now. Uh, all I have left to say is Tegan and Jason, thank you so much for joining me on this episode. Thank you. Love it. And for those of you at home, thank you for listening in. We've got Facebook. Yeah, that's right. We're on there. We're not news. Uh, if you want to uh, follow us, get... That dates it. Yeah. Uh, and I was about to say get news and updates, but we don't do news and we definitely don't do updates. If you just Did want... you hear that, Mark? Yeah. Yeah. If you just Take want... that, Zuckerberg. Yeah. Suck a fat one. Um, if you just want vague Threats. information that is not time sensitive about this podcast... Yeah, we dare you, Mark. Yeah. We dare you. Uh, please look for us on the uh, Facebook. Just search for the Cinema Catch Up Club. Go on MySpace, like our. Did you see that? Sorry, this is very Perth centric. Well, yeah. <laughs> but our um, the leader of the opposition, Zach for Kirkup. WA. Yeah. What's his name? Zach uh, Kirk. Kirkup. Zach Kirkup. He built a MySpace page because he couldn't build a Facebook page. Mm, yeah. No. I know we made that joke, but I didn't know we actually did it. He did it. Mm. I. It was sweet, but he's. A liberal, so yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not getting into that on here. No, um, no. we are also on other websites which aren't currently fighting with the Australian government. Uh, we're on Patreon. At least I don't think they're fighting with the government at the moment. Uh, you you can uh, become an official. For Ten dollars a month, you can fight with the government. You can join up on Patreon. Uh, you can become an official member for as little as a dollar a month, uh, and you can help uh, support our habit of watching films every week. Uh, so please we melt them down, get a spoon, <laughs> and inject them into Ewan McGregor's fake arm, and uh, reviews come out. Um... What's that baby? I'm just imagining you just lying down with your like. Dun, 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 yeah. Oh, at the end of every Love film. I collapse backwards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's my thing. Uh, you can join up. Just look for us over uh, patreon.com or go to patreon.com forward slash podcast. And finally, 
for your weekly score. Uh, you can get us on iTunes or SoundCloud or Spotify. And uh, it's not bad for your health, but the episodes are a little bit addictive. Uh, so search for us there. Uh, but that is all for this week. So until next time, goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. You have been listening to a Thought Jar Productions podcast. For more information, please visit thoughtjarproductions.com.